Welcome to Visit Bentonville's podcast, A New American Town. As always, we're coming to you from Haxton Road Studios off the bustling Bentonville Square, and I'm your host, Alan Woody. Joining me in the studio today, we have Ryan Shelton, co-founder of FlowFeed. Ryan, thank you very much for joining us today, and tell us a little bit about what FlowFeed is. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Buddy. My pleasure. I really brother. appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so so FlowFeed uh, is a tool for uh, cyclists, particularly mountain biking, to uh, be able to ride their best ride, and that encompasses a few things. Um, you know, we started off with trail conditions and um, really uh, providing automated trail conditions, and we'll get into why and how that happened. And then we also provide some information around the trails themselves. What uh, we try to match riders with what they would like to ride based off of their direct feedback. So we're trying to build a build a better digital ecosystem, especially in Northwest Arkansas, where you know we've put so many resources into to cycling and to mountain biking, and uh, we think there's better ways to connect people digitally and, and trail information. And with trail information and with mountain biking specifically, it, it, and I don't, so I I might not understand. So please educate. Sure. Um, trail conditions are vital. Like you really have to know, and they would change minute to minute, hour to hour based on traffic, but weather would be obviously yeah. huge. How difficult is that for an app or anything to keep up with deteriorating or improving trail conditions? Yeah. So it's, it's, it turns out it's a fairly complex problem. It and sounds complex. <laughs> we, uh, we didn't know that going in like many, uh, like many new ventures, you know, you, you don't necessarily understand the complexity and how difficult things are going to be until you really get in and do them. Uh, but you know, the approach that we take and, and the approach we originally, well, let me, let me back up for a second. I'm okay. going to get a little bit into the, you know, how we got started. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I'm sorry. Out. I get to jump ahead. Tell no, no, us a little fine, bit about fine. how you got yeah, started. Yeah, sure. So, so we, we, we got started by really experiencing, um, what we saw as a need in, in the community around mountain biking. And, you know, I came down from up near Chicago, uh, about three years ago and, uh, you know, it was part of the reason we moved here is because I love mountain biking. So this was a, a really interesting place and, um, you know, got into the, the ecosystem a little bit and realized pretty quickly, like, okay, around here with all the, the hand-built trails that we have and, and the nice kind of flow and, and, uh, and clay, weather's really important. And, uh, you know, we can really tear up trails if we ride them at the wrong times and don't know what to ride. Well, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of one of the things when you look at trail stewardship and, and, uh, trying to be a good steward of trails is, is, you know, sometimes you can damage trails. You can rut them by, uh, riding things right after it rains if it's a particularly, uh, sensitive trail. So, you know, we, we came down and, and, the you immediately realized, okay, the, the way the communication around this was at the time was just Facebook forums. And that's fine. It's a great way for people to communicate. But what, what ended up happening, you know, we get so many visitors here for mountain biking and they come in and, you know, they may or may not have done a little bit of research before they came, but they get here and, okay, it rained two days ago or it's about to rain. And what can I ride? You know, I want to be sensitive about, I don't want to mess up you guys' trails, but I also want to have a good time, you know. And I drove here. here from 500 That's miles right. away. I, I did That's expect right. to ride the bike. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And what we saw early on was that, you know, these forums were, were useful for communication, but it was it was very decentralized and it resulted in a lot of disparate feedback so you know they may get some feedback that says 
write everything. They may get another piece of feedback that says you shouldn't have come or somebody that hasn't chosen to come down yet say, you know, somebody that says, no, you should, you should wait. You shouldn't visit right now. So we saw that as, okay, let's take a look at this. Actually, our trails are built in such a way that at any given time, this is off the top of my head, I would guess that, that we very rarely have more than 50% of the trails uh, that, that can't be ridden, even in just torrential downpour. Just because there's so many of them, they're, they're given what the the substrate of the soil Absolutely. and everything plus we're mainly rock that you can really get away with some great rides without that's right. hurting anything. that's right and and what you'll find is that it's it's really dependent on you know what's the weather in the area which can vary mile to mile and what is the, what the substrate basically what you're saying what is the composition of the soil mm-hmm. if you're up in bella vista it's a rock bed right all right. those trails are almost bulletproof you can ride them in a you know i've ridden them in down, downpours before and it's no problem um, you go down to Fayetteville and you ride um, Centennial or Kessler. Those are a very different type of soil. And they were built longer ago that, that makes it uh, a little more difficult to maintain. So those actually are super sensitive and you can really damage those trails. So there's all these differences. And how do we account for those? And, and so that's really why we built FlowFeed. So what FlowFeed does is takes uh, real-time weather data. We have a partner that has, uh, you know, basically we get data feeds from uh, 500,000 weather stations across the country. We take that data, we put it into a predictive analytics backend that we've developed, and then we predict what the trails you know, condition is gonna be based off of that weather data and what we know about the trail surface and uh, um, some, some features of the trail itself. So then that allows us something that's very scalable because we've got all these data, you know, weather data points from all over the country. And, uh, and we can use the model to actually predict what should you ride, what, what can you ride, what is going to be fun versus what is not going to be fun based off of weather. Now, did you start that? Is so fascinating. And I have a million questions. <laughs> so did you, when you started, did you just start here or did you scale it immediately to, to everything? I mean, because I tend to think of mountain biking as being a Northwest Arkansas thing, but I do understand it's, it's global. Okay. And with an app like that, with different weather stations, it, it, did you scale immediately or, or how long did that take? No, we didn't actually. And, and we're still, you know, we're still in the early stages. Um, you know, this was uh, kind of the, the brainchild of ultimately six people. We kind of came together and, and you know, it was, uh, I saw the problem when I came down. And then Bryce Payton, who, who you guys have also talked to, one of our co-founders, he was looking at the same problem, but from a different direction. And uh, actually, Graham Cobb, uh, you know, the, the chamber at the time, um, he had put us together. He said, you guys are both kind of looking at this problem. Why don't you have, a, you know, have lunch? So Bryce and I had lunch. And, um, you know, I, I, my background is engineering, algorithms, hardware. And so I was approaching this from how do we, how do we automate this? How do we just use science to solve this problem? Sure. Bryce was looking at it. Um, you know, he's kind of a product guy. And he was looking at it from how do we improve the UX and the communication, right? Like, like this, is a, this is a problem that can be solved with communication. But today, um, the, the interface, the way that it's done by the large systems like trail forks, et cetera, is just very clunky and results in people not, not, um, you know, uh, not using them. So... You know, Graham put us together and uh, we kind of had a team of six then because I had two developers on my team. And then he had a, uh, a graphic designer and a world renowned uh, customer experience guy. How convenient uh, that absolutely. all six of these people come together at know, the right, right time. It was, I feel really fortunate about the team because these are all also folks that, you know, this is, uh, they, they've, they've done multiple companies. I mean, they're all, all of us are startup 
you know, folks. So pros. Well, you know, know well, but, but you know we how to some, do this. Yeah, we got some scars. Sure. So, so yeah, and and that so that's been really fun learning from the just the the really interesting and and experienced team that was put together for this. So. Um, I'm trying to get back to your question because I was going to tie that in. It's okay. I get lost sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, a little bit lost. So I, I think we were we were talking about expansion. Yes, yes. scalability. Scalability, yes. Okay, so and I, I went into the origin story. Okay, we're coming back. We're coming back from the rabbit hole. So so scalability, We one of the things that I alluded to earlier, we found out that this is actually much more complicated than it originally looks, right? So one thing we didn't want to do is try to scale before we felt like we had the platform in a scalable format. That's experience talking right there. Uh, I, I would like to think so. Yes, we've all, uh, I, I think, you know, everybody on the team has tried to push something faster than it should have been pushed. And uh, sometimes that's helpful, sometimes it's not. So we saw this, you know, Northwest Arkansas is just this really unique test bed for this. And that's, that's what we've used it for is to really um, understand, you know, we get all kinds of different trails here. There's some unique aspects to this area. And then, how do we refine these algorithms and really the platform? Because ultimately we, we want this to be, you know, part of scalability is it can't require these six guys to um, spend a lot of time trying to bring up a, you know, five mile trail system in the middle of nowhere. Right. I right. was just thinking like, do you guys actually have to go look at the soil on every right. single, like, cause that can't, that's not scalable. Yeah, that's not scalable. Absolutely right. So, so we've been spending a lot of time figuring out, okay, let's get the, you know, let's get the algorithm where it needs to be so that it's doing its thing, but then let's figure out what's the best way to, you know, abstract this algorithm so it can be tweaked and tuned uh, for a specific geography by someone that's not us. So that's really, uh, so you almost have to get a user to enter a new trail. Yeah, and and you know the, we've we've started we've started looking at some out of state partnerships. We've, we've got a lot of like um, Arkansas trails on right now, but we're looking in North Carolina. We're looking at some other places, and you know all of these trail systems have uh, stewards of some sort, right? Whether that's a volunteer bike group or whether that's a formal organization, they've got somebody that manages the trails to to some degree, and those are who you know we partner with, and then. We're, we're making it in a way where they can very quickly and easily put in their trail system. We can have some initial conditions that we know are a good starting place. And then we let it run. And, and, and you know, part of it, uh, the, the users learn. Part of it, the algorithm can learn to, uh, to kind of tailor itself to these uh, different geographies. So that's really where we're going as far as scalability. But we're very cautious about Going sure. there at the right time. Well, you don't want to overextend and, and make it so you lose your user experience here, the place where you've already developed it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, where can I find the app? And, and how does the app work for, for somebody like out of the box? I really like, you know, you were talking about kind of removing this from a Facebook forum because a lot of beginners to anything will avoid that. Because every time, you, like I like to fish, and you, I'm on all the fishing forums, and whenever a newcomer comes up, it's not always friendly. It's not always easy. It's not always, yeah, well, you shouldn't be out today. Right. And instead of that, you're just, here's the information, make your own decisions based on this, this, and this. Uh, I really like that. How did that develop? Was that one of the things that you were thinking? How, how does that develop for the novice? mountain biker and how can this app help them get more into it yeah sure so a couple a couple of things there so as far as where to find it you know the, the so first off 
you know, we say app, and what that is today is a uh, mobile-first web app. So mm-hmm. we don't make people download things. And the reason for that is that, you know, 75% of our users are visitors. And it's kind of a big ask to ask a, a visitor for their two-day trip, three-day trip, whatever it is, here's another thing you need to download and keep track of on your phone, right? So we, it's, it's fully responsive on mobile, but it's a web-based app. Looks just I like love that. That you identified a real headache to me and something that prevents me from downloading apps is like, okay, I've had enough. Yeah. If you just give me your site, I'll interact with it. But if I've got to do all the, the you're brilliant. And there's okay. some, there's some reasons that, you know, we, and, and we built it in a way that we can flip on the app side uh, at any time with pretty, pretty low uh, um, effort involved. And we'll do that at some point because at some point it is required for, you know, if you want profiles and you want to save their information and all this other stuff. So, or if I want it. I want it to track me on the trail or something right, like that. Right. Sure, so there's some reasons for that, but asking a, you know, ask, asking someone to do that is just putting another barrier in the path to them using your product. So we're starting without that. Um, I think for- a lot of business people wouldn't face that. I think a lot of business people would be, uh, I, I'm impressed because I think a lot of business people are like, well, what we're asking or what we're giving is so good that this ask isn't that big. And you're like, I don't care about the ask. I want to keep giving this product. So yeah. keep getting users. That's- yeah. My, uh, my, my, I guess, quote unquote day job. My, <laughs> I run a, uh, a, a startup that I founded several years ago in the medical device space. And, um, you know, our customers are doctors and it's a very, very similar thing, right? Like asking them to change anything that they're doing is a huge lift. And the same is true for, for anybody to some extent, right? So I, I agree. Yeah, trying to, trying to minimize uh, the amount of someone's life that you're changing and try to add as much value in that process as you can is kind of the, the approach that we take. So as far as where, where they can find it, um, the, the, uh, the website is, is nwa.flowfeed.app. Uh, that'll take you straight to the trail conditions. We do have a landing page at flowfeed.app that has some more information about the uh, ab- about the product. Um, and you can also find us. We've got some really excellent partners that are very generous with uh, you know promoting us. Um, Visit Bentonville is one of those. We're linked on their trail conditions site. Uh, Oz Trails is another one of our sponsors. We're linked on their uh, trail conditions uh, site. So there are some other places that you'll run into us. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, and, and, you know, you Google us, uh, I think we've got decent SEO and we pop up pretty quick. All right. NWA flowfeed.app is the site. NWA.flowfeed. And the NWA reason, dot flowfeed. reason for bad. that is as we add additional geographies, they'll have a different prefix there in place. Of the you guys really do think of just about everything. <laughs> now, sure. given that I've already identified that you've thought about everything, what was one thing that kind of surprised you when you moved into this particular startup? You mentioned that it got a little more complicated than you were expecting, but you're not new to any of this. So it's a little surprising that it surprised you. Yeah. Um, so I'd say the, the biggest one is this would probably be echoed by uh, the rest of our team as well. We, we didn't, appreciate the complexities of some of the weather conditions, particularly, you know, in, in uh, soil, you get this effect called freeze thaw. And basically the concept of when the ground freezes and then as it unfreezes, it actually expands. And as it expands, it gets a little more loose and it gets a little um, uh, easier to get softer. So <laughs> you can have no precipitation, you can have the ground freeze. And as it dries out as it, as it not even dries out as it as it as it you know the freeze thaws. goes away as it thaws which happens every day it happens every day uh you can actually rut the trails that way even with no snow no rain how did like you that. find that out 
Well, that's been something that, uh, you know, I, I, I did most of my writing before this in, uh, in Illinois. And, you know, we had freestyle and we dealt with it all the time. Uh, but it's not intuitive to people that haven't, haven't kind of experienced it. But what, what we, we ran into is that it's actually a very uh, complex process that involves a ton of variables. So, you know, trying to model that accurately has been a, a challenge over oh, the last you know, 18 months or so. And, I mean, it's, it's not just, um, you know, temperature and uh, uh, weather, you know, conditions, but it's also, you know, it's the trail uh, have tree cover, you know, which way is uh, it facing in terms of wind blow. Because uh, all of that will change. How much, how much sun does it get? Because yep. it may not thaw for that's days. Right. How long has it been frozen? Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. So, so that one gets complicated. So that's one that we we did underestimate. So we've we've been working through it the past couple of seasons, and and it's in a pretty good spot. And you know now we uh, we actually changed the way that we communicate with users. Um, we we let them know this trail is in uh, kind of um, you know ideal conditions for freeze thaw, and that lets them know uh, without us saying you know it, this is going to rut or not because it's very difficult to predict in those cases. Watch out! You know this is this is under freeze thaw. Ride with caution. Um, so, how did you caution. guys get to the, it's a, the beginning of anything? Is really interesting to me. So, what was the conversation like? Okay, we do we just tell people that they can't be on this, but we're not real sure of the data. So maybe we just give ratings as to how ready this trail would be or something like that. What was that meeting like? Yeah. I mean, the, the, so our, I mentioned one of our, our guys is a, a kind of world renowned customer experience, you know, CX guy. And, and he's, he's all about, you know, customer feedback and surveys and thinking like, uh, you know, a, a user. And, um, we went through a lot of, uh, kind of feedback directly from writers on how do you want communicated and not only around free, free thought, but around, um, you know, how do you interpret the word ruddy? Like just the oh, basic conditions, right? Like right now we have firm, fair, and ruddy. And that seems very basic. It was actually, um, it was a lot of, of iteration and, and feedback that got us to those pretty simple uh, conditions. Because you, you start thinking about, okay, well, what are other things that we can call it? And, and as you get there, you just see all, all these complexities as the way people interpret things, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, the, uh, we, we spent quite a bit of time on that. So we try to we try to include that in all of our decisions, and and you know the freeze thaw conversation is is no different. And I think eventually we will be directly predicting freeze thaw, but um, we're you know, building more variables into this thing all the time. And, and you're uh, learning more, and your machines right. are learning more. That's right. That's right. And and you know starting to uh, to to work in um, large language models and AI um, into kind of the more traditional predictive analytics that we've used. So there's it's it's fun to to uh, this having the scientific nerdy aspect to it as well as the fun kind of hobby mountain biking aspect to it it's just it's something that i think all of us have really enjoyed absolutely i i I don't even i'm not even on your team and i'm like this is amazing (laughs) this is so cool so from start to 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 present because finish is not yeah the correct word about how long did it take you guys before since since you kind of visualized this to the time where you actually had a working model to the time where you've actually built a clientele. Yeah, so I think we started in kind of mid 2021. Um, I moved here in like January of 21, and um, so we know, were just starting to wake up from COVID a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Still a rough. Everything year. <laughs> was, kind of, but it was a rough year. Everything <laughs> yeah. was really kind of in the middle of changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Um, 
so, so the way we started actually was, uh, you know, we were thinking, okay, well, there's um, radar and, and they predict weather in various geographies. And that seems like an easy way to start. We can grab an API from some weather uh, radar API. So we started that way actually with, uh, I think, a product called Open Weather. And, um, you know, learned very quickly that, okay, this isn't going to work at all because, uh, those those uh, those services typically use airports, and you know it, it basically uh, there's not enough granularity in the geography. They may know something within a 10 mile radius, you know, and that's the way that they think about weather. Uh, we need to know what the difference between Slaughter Pen and Kohler is. So, right, and those are what separated by like two, uh, two miles. three miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it, and, and those can change. Uh, sure. It's amazing just watching you know going through this process, learning how much different um, you know the Bella Vista trails from Bentonville from you know east or west side. So uh, we quickly realized that wasn't going to work, and that's when we we you know dug into hardware solutions. Thought about okay, should we spin up our own like network and go put a bunch of hardware into these trail systems? Like, man, that doesn't sound scalable. it <laughs> will be a lot of work and a lot of time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So and very we, uh, expensive, I think. Yeah, you can. It's a pretty interesting. The tech over there is really interesting. You can get some stuff that um, you know on, on what's called a LoRaWAN network, but basically uh, uh, low cost and without a need for much battery. Or the batteries last years so there's some interesting stuff there but still not very scalable because it still right. has a cost and and i uh, still have to do the labor to come out there so anyway and you probably have to get the permission to actually right install your gear out there. yeah that's right that's right so so we landed on a, a partnership and we were able to get an exclusive license with this with this provider to have you know all these hardware stations that are already placed and we just get the data feed from them so that's really that was kind of a, a light switch moment for us uh, in terms of our development uh just really improved uh, accuracy our ability to um, use the data and was a big moment for us and that was maybe late 2021 or so and then we spent a lot of you know 22 in refinement really um, you know it's uh, understanding okay what are the variables where do they need to be uh, uh, tweaked what are all the different factors we need to build in here while also building out AI and figuring out okay how is this thing gonna eventually pay for itself so we uh, don't have to keep pumping money into it so, so it was really easy yeah super easy yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds easy <laughs> no problem <laughs> so so here we are in 2023 I think you know the the it, we get a lot of support from the communities and and our sponsors and writers in terms of uh, the accuracy, which we, you know, big thank you to anybody who's listening that's been with us on that ride, because I know early on it was, uh, you know, we had a lot of work to do. And uh, I, I think we've, uh, we've we've really been working hard to get that in a place where it's it's really valuable and usable to people. It sounds amazing and very exciting. Like it's, every little inch is kind of a mile in that. It's really cool. And I'm going to get a little off topic because you've been on virtually every trail at this point, what is your favorite to ride? If you've got if if you've got some friends in town and you got to do one ride, what's the ride? Provided that all conditions are perfect, yeah, yeah. Of course, sure. you're going to check flow feed first to make sure that the conditions are right. But after that, once you've ascertained that, what's the favorite? Yeah. So, man, it is a hard question. I do have an answer, though. Um, you know, I've thought about this a lot because I've been asked it a few times. So my... I couldn't have been the first. <laughs> my, my favorite trail in the area is a trail called Best Trail Ever. And it's... Uh, wow. Aptly yeah, named? Very aptly named. It's at Fitzgerald Mountain. One of the reasons that I like it is because it's not... 
it, it's not one that a lot of people necessarily, it's, it's not one of the big name trail systems, um, right? And you hear Kohler, Slaughter Pin, the Bella Vista trails, uh, uh, the stuff down in Fayetteville. And this one is, uh, is, is Springdale and it's, uh, it's a smaller trail system, but it's got this, I think three mile black diamond on it. That's, um, called best trail ever. And it's just, it's kind of out, out in the middle of nowhere. And it's got these really big features and some nice, uh, tech for, for on climb and descent. It's just, it's a really nice trail. Very, very cool. Well, I appreciate you so much for joining us, Ryan, and, and educating me a little bit, not just on mountain biking, but flow feed. That is really, really cool stuff. And I'm actually even looking forward to seeing how precise you guys can get, you know, three months, six yeah. months, a year from now. I think it's just going to get better and better and better, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the nice thing about the the way we've built the the model, right, is that it's always going to be improving. I think you know, we're, we're excited about some, some partnerships that I think are in the works for, for 2024 and, um, you know, linking up with some of the other big players in the, in the mountain biking tech space. Any insight you can give us into what's coming in 2024? Uh, we're, we're working on integrations. I can say that. So, uh, just, just looking to, um, to, uh, compound value by, uh, by having better integrations with, uh, other, uh, other platforms and, uh, and tech that's, that's out there. That's exciting. So you, you, I'm just going to put that in layman's terms because there was a lot of big words that sometimes I have to look up. They're looking at dating other companies and bringing them into uh, into the mix, and that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, we are uh, we are excited about it. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I if I can drop a real click, do it. Quick plug. Let's go. Um, the, yeah. the whole point of this thing is for you to plug. <laughs> Let's go. If uh, you know, if, if anybody that's listening has an interest in uh, connecting, um, you know, from a sponsorship perspective with um, with visiting mountain bike riders, that's our primary demographic, but also local folks. Um, you know, we're we're uh, we're looking for partners right now. We've got a few excellent partners already on the site. Uh, we don't charge for this. Um, we don't we don't charge users. Nothing like that. This is kept alive by um, you know our sponsors. So feel free to reach out uh, on. We're on Facebook. Um, you can reach out at uh, team at flowfeed.app as well. Okay. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed learning more about it uh, and really enjoyed talking to you. And thanks to everyone listening. Remember, you can catch all of the New American Town podcast episodes on streaming channels following our social platforms or going to visitbentonville.com. You can also get the flow feed at nwa.flowfeed.app anytime you want it and anytime you want to get those conditions. Thank you very much for following our social platforms and going to visitbentonville.com, like I said. And don't forget to follow Visit Bentonville on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. We have so many exciting events coming to Bentonville in 2024. Check out our event calendar and plan your trip today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.